You are listening to Terra Signals, presented by Normal Paranormal. I am your host, Justin Bamforth. Now, if you've been tuning into this show, you'll know that I interviewed Marty Haynes about her experiences walking the darker side, along with her firsthand experiences in demonology and psychic protection. Well, now tonight, I'll be speaking with her partner in paranormal crime, Marsha Moore, who has been right there to witness many of these events that Marty mentioned in the prior episode. Marsha is co-owner of the same metaphysical and spiritual wellness center called On Angels Wings, located in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It's an incredible place where she offers readings, Reiki, yoga, and all sorts of workshops on the paranormal, psychic development, crystals, angel guides, lots and lots of extremely interesting topics that we won't be able to cover just one episode here. But Marsha is an equally amazing woman, a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, an ordained minister, and also a practicing Wiccan. She's been featured on RVN TV and helped produce various documentaries for college students regarding the paranormal, where she is an active investigator, helping residual clients in their metaphysical matters for the past 11 years and counting. She's also an intuitive, an empath, and a medium, and she also has discernment. Hmm. Marsha, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello. Now, we've heard that term a few times now, but what is discernment and how does it work? So discernment is knowing good from bad. Um, how it works, I don't really know. I can go into a situation um, and I just know automatically if it's going to be something on the darker side or if it's a Casper kind of thing. Mm, interesting. And how did you get involved with these like darker sides, these more negative cases, so to speak? So that's not something I chose. I think it was like 2011, 2010, 2011. Um, I met, met Marty through a friend, a friend of a friend. And it again, that discernment, I met her and I'm like, mm, yep, something's not right here. And, and normally, okay, I would go my own way. For some reason I didn't. And I later on figured out why she was going through her issue. And I was driving home one night. I was taking classes at uh, a place she was working. I was driving home one night and I just kept hearing, you need to go to that store. You need to go to that store. I'm like, I don't need anything. I don't need to go there. I kept hearing it. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go. And it turned out somebody that um, we knew at the time was going to do Reiki on her. And I knew, I was like, it's not going to work. That's, this is not something you need to do Reiki on. The girl started doing Reiki and, um, Marty started having a negative reaction to it. And the girl kind of was like, uh, oh crap, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how, I just knew what to do. So with the darker cases, it's kind of like we're put in those situations to help, even if it's not something, again, I ever wanted to be a part of. Interesting. Yeah, Marty briefly touched on her rather unpleasant experience mm -hmm. with this, um, dare I say, demonic possession. Mm -hmm. But she wouldn't go into details, and understandably so. What can you talk about? In regards to this, because if this ties into that Reiki episode, um, or Reiki event rather, mm -hmm. what took place? What, what, what give us give us this backstory with this? Because we don't know much. 
Okay. Um, so I wouldn't say she was possessed. She was definitely oppressed. So that's a stage before complete possession. So it's, uh, whatever this was, was, um, kind of entering her, but also leaving her at times. Um, so that Reiki session, her eyes turned black, was not her voice. Um, her face changed and it just kind of escalated from there a little bit. Well, let me ask you this. So you, you knew something was wrong prior to this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's the whole point why you're bringing her into this Reiki session, right? It wasn't me. Um, like I said, another girl we knew had planned on doing Reiki. Okay. Um, and again, I wasn't supposed to be there and something, someone was telling me I needed to be there. And I didn't know why, but it turned out that was why, because she was doing the Reiki. She really didn't know what she was doing when, you know, Marty's eyes changed and her voice changed. Um, and again, somehow I just knew what to do. And what, what did you do? Kind of holding space. Uh, and I know Marty's religion. So being able to use certain prayers, again, prayers don't get rid of things, but it adds that positive energy into a space and having that other girl back down and stop what she was doing. Cause if not, she would have kept going and things could have possibly gotten worse. Oh my gosh. You know, that that's one of the things that I hear a lot is things tend to get worse before they get better. Absolutely. Uh, how long did it take to get Marty back to a healthier place, a safer place? Um, from that point, I want to say almost a year. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And what happened during that year? Again, she doesn't talk much about it. Uh, she doesn't remember a lot. She lost a lot of time with it. She would constantly, and again, it wasn't her, you know what I mean? Physically her, but whatever this was, I mean, I, I guess you could say demonic energy, whatever, however you want to phrase it, um, was possessing her. So there were times that she would constantly, you know, you need to go, you need to leave. You're making this worse on me. I don't like you. That was a constant thing that she would say. But again, knowing it wasn't coming directly from her, I knew that that was that trying to push me away because I was put in that place to help her. So when you're dealing with this for a whole year, mm -hmm. does the entity come in and out or, or is it always there taking, like, does she remember anything at all about like, not necessarily about being controlled by this thing, but mm -hmm. does she remember any like events that she attended during that year or people that she met or conversations she had, or is it literally just complete? No, she does remember some things. Um, okay. She actually doesn't remember meeting me for the first time. It took her a few months after I had met her and she was like, I, I don't remember meeting you three months ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, she does remember certain things um, because it, yes, it is always with, with you if you're having that issue, but not a possession is when it would take over you completely thankfully didn't have that chance. So there are these stages you mentioned mm -hmm. oppression. Mm -hmm. What about the stage before? 
Are there any signs? Um, so beforehand, it's kind of like, you know, something's there, you know, something's around, you start being affected by it little by little people have scratches, bruises, unknown why. So it, you know, starts in little ways. I mean, that's not really little, but. We hear about the infestation mm-hmm. stage, right? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Because we know what Hollywood makes it out to look like. Right. But in reality, what does that consist of? Um, Like I was saying, like the scratches, the bruises, um, it really makes you feel like you're going crazy at first. I mean, that continues on and gets worse, but yeah, you really do feel like you're going crazy. You don't know if what you're experiencing is real, if it's not real. So it really messes with you. It's like that that Very psychological. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, now we, we hear that a lot, right? The the trickster aspects of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. How do you think it differentiates between that and something diabolical? How can you well discern? For uh, Again, for me, I just, I know. Um, but I still go into cases skeptical. So when we meet somebody who thinks they have an issue, there are certain protocols we need them to follow beforehand. Um, they need to have a mental check because if they do have any mental issues, we need to know where that stops and the other begins. You know, we have some case, we've had some cases where people thought they had something wrong, did have some psychological issues, but decided not to take their medication. Okay. So you have to go back to your doctor, get back on your medication, and then we'll follow up after that. But again, you know, just because somebody says they have something wrong doesn't mean they do. It's very rare to have those cases. Do you think in some instances people want to be possessed? Absolutely. Absolutely. We actually had a case of that. Um, It was a gentleman um, and he's in this field and he, you know, would hear stories from, you know, different people. And he wanted to know what it was like. So he asked for it. Oh, boy. And Marty and I were there helping him for quite a few months. How do you eradicate something like that? How do you push it out if somebody is inviting it in? We can't. We can give somebody the tools to do it, but they have to be the ones to do it. They're the ones who invited it in. They have to be the ones to take that permission away. We can be there and do all the prayers and the positive energy and, you know, give them guidance on what they need to do, but we're not actually the ones doing it. They have to do it themselves. Seems like intention plays a very central role into the phenomenon. Absolutely. It's almost like whatever this stuff is or wherever it's emanating from, seems like it needs us in one way or another. Absolutely. We're that energy that it feeds on if we allow it. But yet, on the other hand, this stuff is so powerful, so in control, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it needs us? Because really, it, if you think about it, it doesn't need us, and yet it kind of chooses us. So maybe not us per se that it needs, but it does need 
that energy, it needs that food per se, that your energy is their food, you know, to feed them, make them stronger. Hmm. Do you think these things feed off of fear, like the more afraid that you are? Absolutely. We tell people um, not to fear, but have a healthy respect. How can somebody not fear it? <laughs> I I don't know. Like, uh, Do you have to be strong in your faith to, or a faith to... Yeah, whatever faith you choose, you know, just having, again, that healthy respect, not a fear. And yes, that's absolutely hard not to fear it. When Marty was having her issues, I couldn't have that fear because if I did, I, that would be me inviting that energy in as well. Um, there were many times I had woken up with unexplained bruises and scratches and um, things to deter me to step to try to step away from her, leave her alone. But again, okay, I just have to push through it and keep on helping. Holy cow. Were there some days you're thinking, why am I involved with this? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There were a few times where I'm like, oh, I can't help her. I, I'm going to have to walk away from this. But then something else is telling me, you know, nope, you need to be there. You need to help. You can do it. What do you think gave you the strength to keep going? I'm... Don't even know. I guess just knowing that she needed the help and knowing that um, the people around her at the time were not really helping. It was like a show to them. Oh, let's see what's going to happen today. What's, you know, and that's not why I was around. What were they looking for? What what happened for them to to be engaged like that? The... Facial changes, the eye changes. Um, so they give you powers that you don't normally have. There was one time, there was a storm rolling in, and Marty was like, watch, I'll push it away. And on the radar maps, you could actually see where we were. All of a sudden, it just dissipated around us into like a circle. Like the area we were in was fine and clear. And it just all, it was the weirdest thing. Obviously, Hollywood embellishes a lot of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Did you see anything to that extent? Or did you witness anything like that? As in? As in like levitations, superhuman strength. Um, yes. I have not seen levitation. Uh, su superhuman strength, yes, a few times. Um, Marty, for instance. She had, I want to say five exorcisms. Uh, I was a part of three. Um, and when we had our friend who was actually doing the practice, Marty's not a big person. And there was uh, one of them, I want to say there was three guys and two girls trying to hold her down. Oh my goodness. So yeah, superhuman strength. Yes. And I've seen that on a few other cases. Were you ever able to pinpoint how this originated to begin with? For her, yeah. she allowed it. Um, again, like you said, intention is everything. And when, you know, we're teaching people ghost hunting, for instance, and, you know, or psychic development, you can't protect anybody. You can only protect yourself. She was on a case um, with 
her friends, you know, she cared a lot about them. She saw this entity bothering one of her friends and that person was kind of weak at that, that moment. So she said, leave them alone, bother somebody else. So who did it bother directly onto her? Um, instead of telling it where to go, you know, you can't bother anybody, bother somebody else. And she was right there. So guess what? I choose you. So just a simple, dare I say, careless mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. And think about how many untrained people when they're on these ghost hunts, trying to communicate Mm -hmm. and they say stuff that is an inadvertent invitation, right? Absolutely. Well, that's one thing we never let anybody antagonize because you're just inviting, you don't know what you're inviting in. What are some of the mistakes that untrained investigators and paranormal enthusiasts, (laughs) amateur ghost hunters make on these Um, types of excursions? Yep. A big one. You've got a laundry list, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A big one is, um, show me a sign of your presence. Okay. What sign do you want them to show you? You want them to hit you? You want them to knock over your friend? You have to show them something to do. Can you knock on a wall like this? Not, can you knock? Because guess what? Yeah, I can knock on your head. You know, I can knock on your arm. Show them something to do. Don't just random, oh, show me a sign. Because that sign can be anything. So I guess the tip is be specific. Very. Establish ground rules. Yep. What are some other tips and advice that you can give people to just protect themselves apart from just not going on these things, right? <laughs> Again, trust your gut. Um, if you're out there with people and you don't feel comfortable, walk away. Know what you're doing before you go out. Find reputable people. Find people that you can trust. You know, Learn about protection first. And again, setting your intention and being very specific on what you say. Are there places that you will not go to? Yes, there's one. Um, again, I'm very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place and I was like, okay, this place everybody's saying is so dark. Um, sorry. One of my and cats. Speaking of dark, here is a furry <laughs> that friend is, that has joined you. And her name is Beastie. <laughs> Beastie. Hello, Beastie. Welcome to the show. Um, uh, well, first let me say this place is great. The people who own it are amazing, but I will not go back. Um, what's the name of the place? Hinsdale house. Ah, okay. Uh, Like I said, the people who own it are amazing. We're friends with them. Um, you know, we were hearing it all over the place. It's on TV shows and we've known people that have been there and everybody's talking about how dark it is and it's just a negative place. And like there, it can't be, it can't be that bad. So a couple of years ago, a bunch of us, me and Marty and, two, four, Beth and Mike were there. You've had them on your show prior. Mm -hmm. Um, And then three of our other friends, we all went. Yeah, that's a place I will never go back to. Mm -hmm. Why not? Extremely negative energy inside and out. Our backup plan was if the house was that bad, we were going to sleep in our cars. You couldn't do that either. Because the minute you walk outside, you do, you feel like something is there watching you. So 
I mean, she gave me permission. So on that investigation, um, we were sitting in an upstairs bedroom. Marty was sitting next to me on a couch. I was sitting facing, um, to my right was the doorway and we were all in the room. We were all kind of, uh, we were doing EVP and we're just sitting there at that moment. And I saw hands coming from around the door, like just dark hands. And I told Marty, put your feet up. And she's like, why? I said, just put your feet up. We both put our feet up onto the couch. She's like, I can't sit like this. The minute she put them down, her leg was grabbed and she was being pulled off the couch. I had to grab her by her back to pull her, you know, back towards us. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. Holy cow. Did you have any uh, video cameras going at that particular time? Um, uh, one person did. And of course it went down right before that happened. Um, we had um, some equipment around the room and it was going off beforehand. Um, and then all of a sudden it just got eerily quiet. Everything kind of stopped. How often does that happen where the equipment fails you right at the time when you don't expect it to, or you wish it won't? <laughs> it happens a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> hmm. and I bring that up because a lot of people don't realize that that is a common thing that happens on paranormal investigating. And it is so frustrating. It is because there's that evidence and mm -hmm. you don't have, you don't have anything to show. Right. Cause how many times have we heard that before? Right. Where's the evidence? Show me the evidence. Well, exactly. We, we do have evidence. <laughs> it's very compelling evidence, but it's not the best evidence we wish we had. Exactly. Yet we have these experiences. We have these moments that are burned in our consciousness now because you can't unsee them. Absolutely. Like, and that's going through some of that stuff. It's stuff you will never forget. Have you ever been afraid on a case? Um, well, I can't say afraid being very nervous. Yes. Um, that does happen because you, when it comes to kids, you know, that makes me nervous because they're children but most of our cases involving children are because they are gifted and they don't know what they're seeing, what they're doing, how to handle things. So I get nervous for the child because, you know, they're just so innocent and they don't, they don't know. Do you think that these forces, both positive and negative, tend to manipulate children or prey upon them, take advantage of them, utilize them? Yeah, again, because they're innocent and they don't, they don't know. We hear this a lot about children's spirits or children apparitions. Mm -hmm. Why can't we always trust them or trust what our eyes are, are showing us? Because if uh, the negative in the world, what's the best way to pull at somebody's heartstrings, a child in need? So I'm going to come to you as a little kid that needs help. Help me. You have to be very careful. I hear about this a lot at places, at, say, like uh, Penhurst. Mm -hmm. And yet people still investigate places like Penhurst. I like Penhurst. <laughs> but yet there's so much of this negative like experiences that take place there, right? In certain parts. Are you concerned sometimes? 
Uh, absolutely. I definitely concerned for, again, people that go and antagonize people that don't have their intention straight. You know, again, the big one, when we were out there the last time, it was quite a few years ago, show me you're here. Give me a sign of your presence. Okay. That's not how we do this because again, that sign can be them throwing you up against the wall. You, you don't know. This is a very serious topic. It's not to be underestimated. Absolutely. It is constantly evolving, changing. It, it's a dynamic phenomenon. It, it's, we, I, I want to stress to the audience, we still don't understand how this operates. Absolutely. We have theories. We have ideas. We have beliefs. But we don't have conclusive answers. And unfortunately, I don't think we ever will. I, because how, how do you prove it? How, you know. Have you been given answers? Like in your life journey? Unfortunately not. <laughs> nope. Because you hear a lot of, of times that people get into this because they had a personal experience in the past. They have questions that are still unanswered. And to them, this is like a, a mission, a journey to uh, discovering something. Do you think you're on that mission to discovering something? I don't really think I'm on a mission to discover I've had experiences since I was four or five years old. I remember knowing things um, and going to my mom and her telling me, you don't know what you're talking about. Go to your room. You're crazy. Go away. So you learn to turn things off at that age, like ignoring it uh, when I was 16. And this is something I really don't talk about because... I didn't talk about it then. Um, when I was 16, everything came back. I had no choice. I, I just knew things. I didn't know why I knew them. I knew not to talk about it because I didn't want to be crazy. Um, no things how. Okay. Um, For those of the, the audience that don't understand right. this. Okay. Well, let, let's go back a little bit more. Uh, I was 11. Uh, we were getting ready to move. We moved around a lot for quite a few years when I was little. About a week before we moved, I remember having this dream of a fire and there was a mother holding a, her child and they had passed in the fire. And it, it was just, it was so real. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a dream. I went and I told my mom, and of course, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Go back to bed. Okay. Uh, we moved the following week, um, started a new school, you know, started making new friends. A week later, a girl comes in and I thought, oh, look, another new girl. Great. Come to find out she wasn't a new girl. She was out for a week because her friends had died the week prior, her mother holding a child and um, an 11-year-old died in a fire. So that kind of like, that scared me. So again, turn it all off. Now go to 16. I was in high school and I remember being in the backseat of the car with my parents and we were driving. There was a car accident. I obviously couldn't see who it was or anything like that, but I knew who it was and it was uh, a teacher of mine and I knew how she had passed. That was over the weekend. We go back to school 
And come to find out, our teacher had died and they were talking about how it happened. I'm like, why? I'm crazy here. Again, didn't talk about it. When I was 18, 19, um, my best friend, uh, I was living on my own. I remember the the last time she came over to my apartment and I was thinking to myself, this is the last time you're going to see her. And then I'm thinking, why would I think something like that? That's my best friend in the world. A week later, I get a phone call late at night. She's like, oh, I'm having a party at my house. Why don't you come over? I'm like, I can't. I got to go to work the next morning. I can't. Hang up the phone. And then I'm hearing, you need to go. This is the last party she's ever going to have. Again, why am I thinking that? That's so wrong. This is your best friend in the world. A couple of days later... She calls me, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. She's like, I just need you to know I love you. I'm like, okay, I love you too. She's like, I'll talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. Two days later, um, driving home with my then boyfriend, and we're hearing all these sirens. And I knew it was a car accident, and I knew it was her. The next day, I did not want it to be true. So I tried to hide. I didn't want anybody to find me, but um, my other best friend, there was like four of us in a group at that time, she knew where to find me. She found me and told me what had happened. So again, like, I shouldn't know this stuff. Um, I've kind of accepted it. It took me a very long time to accept these things. Now I think my journey is more towards helping other people, healing is huge. Um, That's my journey. I don't want to figure it out. I don't want to know why. It just, it is what it is. Um, I thank you for sharing that because there's a lot of people listening to this show and they could probably relate. And that's why I figured, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people who feel like they're going crazy too. You do. Because again, like that was my best friend in the world. Why would I think these things of her? Like, you know. think these messages are coming from and why? Um, higher consciousness. Um, it, it, it depends. Again, everybody's faith is different. So, you know, people that believe in God and angels is coming from them. Um, you know, Hindu, Buddhists, uh, different deities. So it's all that higher power, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's whatever that higher power of good is. What about communicating? I know that sometimes other people, they want to make contact with the Mm -hmm. other side. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend? And how do you suggest protection to keep them safe during something like that? 
if you do not know what you're doing, if you haven't had um, some type of training, find a medium that can do it for you. Because again, you can get yourself into trouble if you don't know what you're doing. And if there is something negative out there around, uh, okay, I'm going to go pretend like I am so-and-so's mom or so-and-so's dad or grandmother because I know they'll let me in. Mm -hmm. So there's that deception at play. Absolutely. Even if you, even if somebody is seeking out the advice of a medium or the mm -hmm. guidance of the medium, like how, how do you, know, such as yourself, how do you discern that? I mean, you, you mentioned you just know, mm -hmm. but how do you know? So I have my own protections I do for myself, my own intentions that I set. Say I'm, um, you want to reach out to one of your loved ones. So I do my, you know, my protections. And then when I'm going to do a reading for you, my intentions are only to speak to your loved ones that have passed. I'm not allowed to hear from anything or anyone else. Hmm. It's as simple as that, huh? It can be. Mm -hmm. But again, it's doing the things prior, you know, your protections and setting space and your intentions prior for only, you know, loving, healing messages. I think a lot of people don't realize that y you spend a lot of time preparing for these types of events. Absolutely. This is what they don't show on the, on the TV shows. Right. They just kind of, you know, walk in. Oh, hey, guess who's with you? It doesn't work like that. And not only is there this preparation that comes into play, but afterwards, there mm -hmm. is a, there are certain steps, certain, uh, dare I say, rituals that you would do, mm -hmm. right? In order Absolutely. to prevent things from following you, from attaching themselves to you. Absolutely. W what does that look like? So it's kind of like closing the door, you know, your mind's eye, putting that close sign up, you know, again, depending on your religion and how your protection is, you know, your angels or your guides, whatever, they're not allowed to let anybody else speak with you. You're done talking. I'm not open for messages anymore and cutting cords with whoever I just spoke with you know, sending their energy back to them with love and light. I'm not keeping that attached to myself. Now we've all heard that Ouija boards are conduits to evil. Okay. <laughs> but let's say someone has, has dabbled with one mm -hmm. and has had positive experiences. Mm -hmm. Is that, uh, is that possible? Absolutely. Really? A Ouija board is the same thing as an Oracle card deck, a tarot card deck, a pendulum, dowsing rods. It's all divination. It's all the same thing. What about when energies get attached to those divination tools? So if it's a negative energy, um, don't burn the item. Don't throw the item in the trash. Take it to somebody who knows how to handle it. Drop it off on a church's step. It's very easy to put the label on it as demonic or negative or bad stay away, right? Absolutely. But yet people get messages mm -hmm. of a loved one who is going to pass on like you did. Mm -hmm. That's not a negative message. Not at all. How do you counsel others to, to accept those things that may be very disturbing, that may on the surface appear very scary, but really serve a purpose? How do you guide people in that way? 
I mean, everybody has to come into it in their own time um, because it can be difficult. It can be scary. Um, it's a gift and a curse at the same time, but you don't want to force somebody to accept it if they're not ready. Um, they're not going to accept it. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who have the gift, they have the ability, but you'll never hear from them. They won't advertise it. No. Um, I myself hid this until, um, again, like I said, even my friends growing up, they did not know. Um, when I finally came out that, yes, this is me. This is how I've always been. Um, my one friend that was in our group of four stopped talking to me. She said, you can't do this. I've known you since we were 11. You can't do this. Why didn't you tell me? Again, because I was, I thought I was crazy. I was told I was crazy. I turned it off until I was in my late twenties. And then I finally was like, okay, I found people like me. And I mean, and that's a big key, finding people that are like you to feel comfortable with, to talk to. Did you ever consider like connecting with a local church uh, with, you know, in a particular religion and just... So my belief system is a little bit different. I am more spiritual. Uh, I don't like titles because I feel like once you give yourself a title of something, you're set in that box. Um, I consider it to be very spiritual. I believe a little bit from everybody's religion. It all leads back to one higher power. So for me to go to a specific church is a little bit hard because I've had them look at me like, okay, well, you're not our religion, so we can't help you. So for me, that's a little bit more difficult. I'm glad you bring that up because I see that a lot. Yes. And it's a shame because yes, I believe there are angels, there are deities, there are um, the earth elements. I do. I believe it. it's all there. It all helps us. But because I'm not set on that one track, you know, I get, it's frowned upon. The belief around Wicca. Mm -hmm. At one point it got a bad rap. Absolutely. It's linked as like witchcraft, mm -hmm. but it's not. Right. What is it? I mean, how would you explain it? So Wicca is, again, believing in the elements around us. They help us. They have energy that we can use and work with. The gods and goddesses are just like, again, angels. It's all just different names for the same things. And, you know, Wicca is using those elements and to help us, you know, um, the plants to help us heal, you know, along all of those lines. So it's more environmental based, nature based. Absolutely. Very nature based. It's doing no harm and everything is living. The trees that you see in the wintertime that you think are dead, they're not, they're just at rest. The trees you see that are physically dead are not dead because what um, bug is inside living there and feeding. So that's still giving life. So it's treating everything with respect. And I always see, you know, little kids pulling on trees and hitting trees. And to me, it's like, okay, well, that's another living thing that you're hurting. I know there's a lot of 
people out there who may be listening, who have a very more of a, uh, a solid religious background, right? And they're going to okay. challenge these things, absolutely, which, which is fine. I think that is healthy, absolutely. right? I always tell people, don't find a church that doesn't allow you to, or a group or a community that doesn't allow you to ask questions because that's how we grow. So there are those people who may feel, okay, if you're going to worship the creations, why not worship the creator of those creations? Who says he is the creator of all these creations? We really don't know. Um. And, and don't take this wrong. I hope nobody takes this wrong. Um, it is a book written by men that has been translated over thousands and thousands of years. And that translation gets changed over the years. So we don't really know who is the creator, who created everything. Where did we really come from? What do you think is the story? I... I don't have a clue. Let's say if you if you had to guess, right? Mm -hmm. Because I know we've had some conversations about, and this is kind of like a segue into the next topic, <laughs> extraterrestrials. Right. People from outside this, or people, <laughs> entities, forces <laughs> from outside this realm, right? Outside this planet. Do you think that they could have played a part in this whole creation thing? Absolutely. Hmm. An extraterrestrial is something not of this earth. What is God? What is angel? What are angels? They're not of this earth. Are they extraterrestrial? We don't really know. I know you talk about angel guides. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen or experienced an angel or what you would believe is an angel? No, believe it or not. No. Um, feeling. I don't, everybody that has gifts is different. Um, I don't see um, spirits like like they're a person in front of me. Um, I see kind of like a picture in my mind's eye, but I feel. I feel a lot of different things. I have had feelings of, I can't really even explain it. It's um, a comforting, a warmth energy that I can't explain. I don't know, uh, you know, where it comes from or what it truly is, but to have that comforting, loving feeling that again, it's, you can't really explain it, explain it. That's what I would, you know, I think is my angels guides, however you want to put it, that higher energy. Now, when we talk about the, uh, the alien entities, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how else to label them. But you know that there's that's a very vague term, right? Uh, so, or, or a very stereotypical term, right? <laughs> when it comes to alien entities, what's the feeling that you get from them? So, the entities, my like me personally, um, I don't. It's more of like, sorry, another cat here. <laughs> hey, that's fine. More cats, the better. How do I put it? Um kind of like they're interesting, interested in us. What's going on? Why are we doing what we're doing? It's like observing. This isn't, yeah. Like I'll go all, for instance, um, the one episode I had, 
I remember it was a February and I don't remember what year it was. It had to be 2016, 17, um, when I had reached out to you, I had saw the light in the sky, the blue light, blue that you can't explain the blue. I just had that feeling like, yes, they were watching over and curious, like we're not doing something right. Like I was not scared. I was just, it was intriguing. I know you've seen a lot of objects in the sky, mm -hmm. a lot of objects <laughs> in the sky. Yes. Have you seen the occupants of those said objects? Never. I don't want to know. I don't, I kind of want to say, unfortunately, but then do I really want to say, unfortunately? No. Do you think because again, that intention, right? Do you think because you want to keep that healthy distance from these occupants, maybe that's why you don't see them? Very well could be. Why not? Why wouldn't you like to see them? Uh, Especially I, I if they're just observing, right? Right. No I don't, I, I honestly don't know. Um, again, I, it's not a fear. Again, having that healthy respect for the unknown. Do I really want to know? Kind of, of course, we all do, but I, I don't know. I know they're there. And for me, that that's, I'm good enough with that. Hmm. Well, the reason I asked that is it's, it's interesting how some people are not afraid of UFOs, of, of aliens, entities, whatever, but they're deathly afraid of apparitions, of ghosts, of, of the paranormal realm mm -hmm. and vice versa. Right. And I just, I never understood that. Like, again, I, I approach it from a different, you know, perspective, right? That they're all one and the same. They're all linked together in some, in all these fantastical ways. But yeah, it just amazes me how some people just would rather not approach one topic, but, uh, you know, focus on the other. And it's just, well, why is that? Maybe because I know how to handle the... A paranormal realm in the aspects of a ghost and entity. Um, if I actually saw a being, I don't know how to handle that. You've also talked about like when you've seen these objects in the sky, you've had some experiences with these helicopters that also show up. Yes. Um, not even hearing them. And they're literally right above your head. How do you not hear a helicopter right above your head? And then the one time um, uh, I was standing outside when this had happened and a neighbor was walking her dog. We both saw it. We looked at each other. We didn't acknowledge that or, you know, anything else. We just kind of looked at each other like, hmm. And she just went on her way. Yeah, it's curious. This this helicopter phenomenon, I'm, I'm following this. I have a lot of other reports of, of similar things happening. It's one of the aspects of the phenomenon that I just, I don't understand. I think it's part of the phenomenon, you know, because we know that these objects can change shape. They can appear as one thing and appear as another thing. It would not surprise me if they are transforming into what we would perceive as a helicopter to kind of establish like a normalcy. Again, that's just speculation, but put it out there for what it's worth. Yeah. Have you worked cases that had that crossover? between the paranormal and ufology? Yes. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember all the details of the case, but it was um, 
I do remember it was one that involved a child. And what she was describing was like a gray. But then again, going back to our earlier conversation, is it, was it one of her angels? The way she was describing the feelings that she would get when this would come around. So it could have been either or. How did the case end up? Um, very well. We kind of talked to her. She was six, five, six years old. You know, we talked with her and her mother and her father. Um, obviously the child was very, very gifted. Um, we gave her little tools to kind of help her, help her at night. At night was the worst for her. And for about a year, her mom would send us little postcards and photos and let us know how well she was doing. So that's, we always love, you know, that feedback. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're able to make a positive impact or have a positive difference in someone's life like that, it's just incredible. Makes it worth it. And then you realize, you know, where you, where you're at, you know, where that's where you need to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. There you go. For those of you who are listening right now and you hear a purring or a growling, what appears to be a growling, it's not. It's just a cat. It's not. It's this one. This is Bellatrix. (laughs) Bellatrix. Welcome to the show. What are some of the more remarkable cases that you've been on that you can talk about, of course? Obviously not revealing any other names or identities of the people involved, but what are some of those that really stand out to you? Obviously Marty's is number one. Um, the second one would be the one where, uh, the person wanted to know what it was like to be possessed. Like I can't fathom wanting that. Um, so that stands out (laughs) one that wasn't a real case. We had a gentleman come in and, um, swore he was possessed and uh, he said he, that he'd been back to his home country and they would do prayers over him and then he would come back here and he needed somebody to do it here for him. So, you know, our typical questions and, okay, you need to have, you know, a mental check. You need to go to your doctor, you know, make sure everything's fine. You know, he comes back. Everything is good. He's got no mental issues. He sat in a chair and Marty was saying prayers. That's something she always does. And he would have a reaction. He would start kind of like screaming and throwing his tongue out. But as soon as she would stop, he would stop. That's not what really happens. And, And he, it was like a game to him. And we were like, okay, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. He's like, okay, well, can you sign my papers so I can stay in the U.S.? Tell them that I have possession. No, sorry, we can't do that for you. Yeah, you know, you've seen it all. You know what you're looking for. And a lot of times those aspects you don't talk about. You kind of keep them close to the vest because you don't want people to know about these things. Because then, because there's so much deception out there. There's so many people that are going to try to pull a fast one on you or for whatever reason, you know, people who try to fool investigators and researchers happens all the time. Absolutely. What about the Maple Shade, New Jersey case? Do you remember this? Oh, well, 
Which one? <laughs> so this was one that Marty was telling me about where there was a TV crew and they were in there following you guys. Mm -hmm. And Marty told them to shut off the cameras. Yes. Something happened yes. to you. Yes. What do you remember? Um, so we were in the basement. Um, we were down by the stairs. The stairs had an opening underneath. It was just the staircase down. There was nothing, you know, on the sides. So one of, we were chasing whatever was there around. One of the um, crew was on the far side of the stairs. And then on the other side was Marty, myself, um, and another gentleman. And all I can remember was standing there and just, I can't explain it. I felt different. And I heard Marty say, are you okay? And in my head, I heard, tell her yes and give her a smirk. But also, I could hear my own self saying, no, you need to let her know what's going on. And before I knew it, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I, in my own head, I'm like, okay, this isn't right. Whatever, whoever you are, you need to just go away. And then... I, I can't describe the feeling. Um, it was because I, I was there, but I wasn't there. It, I really, that's all the way I can describe it. Um, and then Marty was like, okay, camera's off outside now. I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? And the gentleman that was next to me, he was like, did you see that? Did you see that? Her eyes just went white. What happened? What happened? I'm like, I, it was a walkthrough. I knew it was somebody walking through, but I, no, you cannot stay here. What, what is a walkthrough? Just as it sounds, it's an entity walking through you. Um, people that channel are allowing that entity to kind of take over their body and speak through them. I do not channel. So I, and I did not give this entity any permission to, to do that walkthrough. So I was like, yep, somehow again, was able to enter and just push it right back out. This phenomenon, it's just, there's so many different layers and depths to it and angles. And now I see why it's so complex. Yeah, it really is like, of course I would love to know more and figure it out, but how? Not talking about apparitions, spirits, not talking about UFOs, cryptids, Bigfoot. What about some of the other phenomena that we don't hear a lot about? Some of the stuff that stands out to you as highly unusual. Have you experienced anything to that extent of, of this really weird, peculiar stuff that you can't categorize? I can't say there's anything that I haven't been able to categorize because I always feel like I've put it into, again, I hate titles and boxes, but I can always put it into one of them. Well, then let's open the box of men in black stuff. I talked with Marty about this. 
got her take on what it was that you two saw one night. Mm -hmm. How can you describe it for us? What took place that evening? The weirdest thing ever. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest things. Um, we were outside of a, um, a tavern, a bar. Um, it was, we were doing lectures all throughout October. Uh, you had been there. I think there was the week prior, two weeks prior, two weeks prior. Mm -hmm. Um, we were outside, uh, of this building and Marty and I were just standing there talking and we just noticed what looked like a first looked like a gentleman, you know, but so he kind of like walked by us and it was so eerie. It's hard to explain because there was really no facial expressions, no, you know, had sunglasses on, you know, the black coat, the hat, and he was right there. And we kind of looked at each other like, what, who, what was that? And then all of a sudden he's in another whole area and then in the back of the parking lot and then back next to us and then down the street. It was just, he was moving so fast within the time of this conversation is how fast he was moving. And that's not humanly possible to be where I am to a back parking lot within a second or two and then back over to me again and then across the street and back and down the street and then just gone. When he did pass you, mm -hmm. were you able to pick up on anything, any type of energy or aura? Just something wasn't right. I, I it, again, it's very hard to explain. Um, you just knew something wasn't right. And again, going back to the discernment, it wasn't good or bad. It was just something. Have you ever had that type of something isn't right impression from anyone else that you've met or come across? Mm, no, it's either good, bad. This was just neither. Something's just not right. Yeah. It's peculiar. I, I don't know what these strange people incidences are all about. You know, yes, it's often tied to the UFO phenomenon, but not always. It's, I, it's, it's a puzzle. It is. But the way this person, gentleman, whatever acted and how fast they moved and, you know, the clothing, um, the skin color, lack of definition, you know, did, it does lead us to believe that it was a, you know, men in black. But what about some of these other cases that you can't easily dismiss that, that you witnessed things that really amazed you that you had never seen before? Superhuman strength. Like uh, that's just, um, the facial changes that is another thing. I've seen that quite a few times where, how do you explain that? How does that happen? You know, somebody's complete facial features just change. Like how, how does it change? I mean, we can use our imagination, but I want to hear it from you. What's the details? How, how does it happen? Hollywood has it as like a, you know, split second there one way and then they're it monster. It really does. It's kind of, really, yeah, it's just that fast face, facial features change. Like, wow. you know, jaw lines are different. Eyes are different shapes. Um, you know, nose is a different shape. 
it can happen that fast. And yet skeptics will say, where's the evidence? Right. And that's okay because you need to be skeptical. You can't believe everything that you see in here, you know? And like you said, I'm sure people are going to listen to this and be like, mm, she's crazy. And that's okay. You need to be skeptical. You can't believe every single thing. If we believed every single person that came to us that, you know, they had a problem, we would be doing nothing but cases. But a lot of times, you know, talking to people and finding more things out, you know, you really don't have a possession. You don't have a, a haunting or whatever, however they want to call it. It's natural things that happen in your house that makes the noise and, you know, goes along that realm. Why is there not as much evidence when it comes to these negative cases? What's the, what's the reason for it? Equipment, like we had discussed a while ago, just turns off. You can't explain it. It turns off. Batteries just all of a sudden are dead on phones, cameras, recorders. I know that there's a, a dangerous aspect to it as well. Yes. You're not supposed to keep that evidence that you do acquire, right? True. What happens if you do? And have you experienced that? Um, no, because I delete things. Um, I Because we'll go back to Marty's case. Say I kept all those pictures of the bruises and the scratches and all that that I woke up with, you know, day after day. Me going back and looking at that would only bring that energy back, bring it closer again. And that's not what you want to do. You want to keep it as far away as you possibly can. Because um, once you have that type of issue, um, unfortunately, you have opened that door. That energy will be there for the rest of your life. You have to choose to do the right things on a daily basis to keep it at that far distance. One wrong move. And it's all downhill from there, right? It can be. Not always, but it can be. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people come to your store, they have a problem, right? They want you to solve it. Mm -hmm. They want you to deal with it. Are there situations that are okay to have in your house? Positive haunting, so to speak. We had a case. A very, very nice woman came in and was in tears. She didn't understand what was going on in her home. She was feeling uncomfortable. Uh, doors were opening and closing. Her husband didn't believe in all this stuff, but was hearing a woman's voice. So we went over there and it was a former owner of the home. Um, she was back from the late 1700s. Um, and she just didn't understand. She didn't understand our way of life because our way of life is completely different from then. Um, and it's just kind of setting pool rules. Um, you cannot, no, you cannot chase out a human spirit. Sage does not chase out spirits. Um, that adds positive energy. That's all that does. So you saging trying to force a spirit to leave is only going to anger them. You know, once we kind of explain that to her and, you know, she set those pool rules, everything is, she's fine. She's comes back and she's happy and, you know, she visits us to let us know that, yeah, everything is great. The person is still there, but she doesn't feel that anger, that negativity anymore. That's something that people need to hear more of is Sage is not 
the cure-all for this. It is not. And that's a huge, huge misconception. Yes, you will find information of sage removing spirits, but that is if you are a true practicing um, indigenous Native American person. They have their own rituals that they do. They, that's in them. That's in their blood. That's what they do. But for me, you, that's not what it does. How do you clear houses or properties? We can clear uh, negative energy. You cannot clear a spirit from a house or a property. Um, a human spirit has free will. They don't have to leave. It's like coming to your house and telling you, Justin, you can't be here anymore. You need to leave. Pushing you out and showing the door. You're going to get mad. You're going to find figure out a way to get back in your own home. And then in turn, you can make it miserable for whoever's living in your home. So no, you can't chase out a human spirit. They have free will. What about the power of crystals? I know that's something that you specialize in. Can you give us a quick overview on, on crystals? How do they work? How do you select one? How do you choose one? How do you know what not to choose? So crystals are scientifically proven to have a vibrational energy. They form within the earth. They have a vibration. We as humans have a vibrational energy to ourselves. And once you pair a crystal up with our vibrational energy and theirs, that's how it helps you. Choosing crystal, there's tons of different ways. Um, if there's a specific thing you want a crystal to help you with, you can either look up that property, say um, a big one is anxiety, best crystal for anxiety. And now you're going to get a ton of them. So look at each one differently, you know, research it. Then go to a crystal shop, um, look for those crystals and hold them. See if you make a connection to them. If you go into a crystal shop and they tell you, you cannot touch, walk out. You have to be able to make that connection. But again, going back to everything else, it only works if you believe into it. So is, you know, you hear that's, you know, that's just your mind. Okay. But if it's helping somebody, if it's working for somebody, then let it be. And we've talked about this. <clears throat> Sometimes people, they, they hold a crystal in their hand and it feels terrible. Mm -hmm. Even if it's supposed to handle a specific thing. If it doesn't feel right, you should put it, put it away, right? Absolutely. Why will it feel terrible to some people? Again, that energy, just not making that energy match. It could have, again, crystals are grown in the earth. So you have that earth energy in it as well. Something, again, all energy-based might not connect with you and your energy. Can it also be that the crystal is too powerful for the holder? Absolutely. There are some crystals um, that are have more of a higher vibration than others. One that uh, we tell people if they want to work with, great, but do it slowly is malachite. Malachite is a very, very vibrational stone. Hold it for five minutes at a time, put it down, come back the next day, increase your time little by little until you're able to sit with it for about a half an hour. And there are also fake crystals, right? Not all crystals are created equal. You two carry the real deal and you make sure of that. 
you'll go out to the crystal supplier and make sure that it is the real deal, right? Absolutely. We feel like there you don't know what you're going to get when you order online. So if we're going to bring something in to sell to our customers, our friends, our families, it's got to be the real thing. So we do. We go out to our distributors and we handpick everything that we bring into the shop. Your shop is located in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. If you're listening to this and you know where Mount Laurel, New Jersey is, fantastic. Great. Go out there. It's called On Angels Wings. The website is onangelswingsingular.com. Correct. But they can order stuff online, right? Um, we used to do an online store, um, but with the shipping prices and we don't do that anymore. Plus, we'd rather have the people come in and make that connection with the crystal. You know, you might see something you like, you know, you buy it, you get it. And then it's like, no, I don't like this. Why did I buy it? So advice to those of you out there who are not local to New Jersey, go to a store that you can trust, feel it, talk with the store owners, get a sense of where they're getting the crystals from, learn about them. You also have to recharge crystals, right? Because they don't, they will lose their energy. Correct. How do you do that? How do you recharge it? Um, putting your crystals in a window where the full moon light comes in helps to recharge them, except for an eclipse moon. Uh, eclipse moon energy is chaotic energy. You don't want your crystals absorbing that chaotic energy. That's really interesting. I, I'd never heard about that before. Mm -hmm. I'd heard about the um, burying the crystal in the ground, right? Correct. Is that a way to charge it? That's a way to cleanse it. To cleanse so it. So okay. you're carrying these crystals on you every day. They're absorbing whatever energy you have, you're around. So you also want to cleanse your crystals daily. Selenite, putting it on a piece of selenite overnight is a great way to cleanse it. Um, sometimes... Crystals just feel, people say, too heavy. It just doesn't feel right. I've done the selenite. I've done the smudging. I can't get it to feel good again. Bury it in the earth for seven days because it came from the earth. The earth can reabsorb what it is within it and hopefully bring it back to feeling good again. Remarkable stuff. You've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. Sometimes I'll just go to the store and I'll just hang out with you too and talk with you. And people come into the store, they share their experiences. It's the On Angels Wings store is incredible. It's not just a store, it's a community. It's a it's a it's the hangout that we needed in this region, you know? <laughs> uh it's it's a really great place. You have a lot of workshops there too. You have a lot of classes. Yes. We love when you come in and hang out. Cause but Oh, one time. Oh, I can't stay. I'm only coming in for a minute, two hours later. Yeah, I really got to go. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's so remarkable. Like people have so many experiences. They have so many relatable stories. That's one of the reasons why I decided to start this podcast is to get those stories out there to kind of create this online community for people to share their experiences, to know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Where can people, how do you, how do people get in touch with you? Let's say they're listening to this. Yes, they can go to, you know, the uh, onangelswing.com website, fill out the contact form. Are you on social media? Any other things? 
Yes. Um, Facebook, um, on Angels Wings, MM LLC. If you type that in, you can find us. Um, call us anytime. Send us a message through um, Instagram, Facebook. We're always around to help or even chat. You know, it's a lot of people just need to talk and just letting them release. That's again, talking, that releasing is a part of healing. Well, I'm glad that the shop is there and exists. I'm glad you exist. I'm pleased to call you a friend. And I'm sure many other people can do the same. You do a lot of good in this field. And I thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. We appreciate you. We absolutely enjoy when you come around and we appreciate anybody that comes in, you know, all the friends that we have made over the years that have become family. It's just, it's a good thing to have. You have been listening to Terror Signals with Justin Bamforth and presented by Normal Paranormal. For more on this show and other topics of high strangeness, please visit normalparanormal.org or visit the program website at terrorsignals.com. 